Welcome to VPG's Virtual Water Cooler Chat Podcast, where we share lessons and stories of women professionals to help empower other women and expand a greater circle of influence so we walk our journey with those who understand and appreciate us. This episode of Virtual Water Cooler Chat is sponsored by Unified Patents. Unified Patents offers innovative ways to help deter bad patents by protecting technology zones, non-practicing entities, and standard essential patents. Unified Patents is part of the Unified Network, a group that includes Unified Consulting, Unified Brands, Unified Edge, Patrol, and Allium. This network deals with complex IP issues, anti-counterfeiting of patents, seeking good prior art, and telecommunications infrastructure. Visit unifiedpatents.com for more details. Today, we'll talk with Kelly Hughes about her path to becoming a patent attorney. Kelly is a senior patent counsel at Unified Patents LLC, where she supports Unified Patent and Trial Appeal Board, or PTAB practice, along with appellate practice. She was previously a patent attorney at eRise IP, focusing on patent litigations and PTAB practice. Originally from Michigan, Kelly received her bachelor's degree in psychology with a minor in biology from the University of Colorado in Denver and obtained her JD from the University of Colorado Boulder. So Kelly, so good to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Oh, no, no, the pleasure is all mine. So the first thing that I want to ask you is that how did you choose your path to become a patent attorney? And do you think you picked the right path? So to start with the second question, uh, I do think I picked the correct path, although I didn't always know that this was the path I would end up taking. Heading into undergrad, I had planned to go into the biological sciences with the general idea of becoming a doctor. Throughout undergrad, my interest shifted, as those of 17-year-olds usually do, and I found myself drawn to psychology and uh, then more so to neuroscience. And upon graduation, I had intended to eventually pursue a PhD in neuroscience. I got a job as a professional research assistant at the Anschutz Medical School after I graduated. And I had hoped to get some publications under my belt before applying to a PhD program. Uh, but I learned that while I didn't mind some of the like writing and reading involved with research, I didn't really enjoy the research itself or the environment. I didn't really like the repetition needed for the experiments and uh, how specialized you need to get with your research areas. So um, around that time, I had several different people in my life suggest that I apply to law school, uh, especially because of my science background. And my initial reaction was that this was ridiculous. Uh, I didn't really know the first thing about law school other than it was hard. I assumed you had to prepare for it you know, your whole academic career like you would for med school. Uh, but then, you know, one of my friends was like, well, all you really need to do is take the LSAT to get in and have pretty good grades. So I was like, I guess I could give that a try. Um, I ended up taking a job at a tax consulting firm 
to kind of get an idea of what the legal setting was like. And while I studied for the LSAT, I took the LSAT, went to law school. Here I am. Um, and looking back at all these experiences, I think uh, I can confidently say I picked the right path. I have enjoyed being a lawyer more than any of the other jobs I have had. So I think it's a really good fit. Each of those experiences I talked about uh, kind of helped me understand what works for me and what doesn't. Uh, you know, I've always liked reading and writing, which is a big part of being a lawyer. Um, and as a patent lawyer, I get to learn about a lot of different technologies and work on a lot of different cases. So, you know, that kind of gives me the things I liked about research uh, without having to be so niche and specialized. And uh, I also think it's a better fit for my personality. Um, I get to work a little bit more independently. Um, I learned while doing a psychology internship that I, I don't think that the doctor-patient type interactions are something that I would enjoy long-term. Um, they you know, meeting so many new people so frequently, I think is just a little exhausting for me. So, um, I think that the, my personality just fits with being a lawyer a lot better than, uh, some of the other things I considered. Would you consider yourself an introvert? Um, I think I probably would consider myself an introvert. Uh, I do, I do like meeting new people. Um, but afterwards I feel pretty, pretty drained and like to take the time to kind of like recharge. Um, so yeah, I think I would. I took one of those Myers-Briggs tests and it also said I was an introvert. <laughs> but, uh, I am a closet introvert. <laughs> so most people <laughs> would think that I'm actually, because I went with uh, some of my friends on a vacation uh, all the days. And when I said, yeah, I think I'm an introvert. All of them completely just jump up and disagree. No, you're not an introvert. I'm like, maybe I'm an ambivert. But I can figure out that I'm okay to be a closet introvert because I really do enjoy my quiet time. And introverts, basically, a lot of it is that you really enjoy your energy is kind of like come from being in solitude. And, and then, um, being with a lot of people sometimes really brainy. So I think that, and so I, I'll settle for being a closet introvert. If I have to go out to do talking, I'll be fine, but you know, not really where I would enjoy it the most. Um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of patent attorneys, because of the advanced degree that they have, um, sometimes I think that it's really many of the people that I've encountered are super intelligent with PhD and, uh, so. Definitely, when you, when you mention about neuroscience, I'm like, yep, she's probably introvert. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, so that's good. Now, the next question that I have is like, how do you feel about being, um, a female, a woman who has practitioner? And do, what do you think that, um, what, what would you like to see women? practitioner in the patent litigation and the PCAP uh, space, uh, how would you like it to be in the future, to see it in the future? You know, I think 
I mean, just generally, I think like probably most women, I would love to see just like more women in this space. I think in the PTAB space and IP or patent space generally, I think it'd be great if there were more women involved. Um, I certainly, I think I feel it a little bit less working primarily in the PTAB because the proceedings generally involve less people to begin with. Um, but I know it's easy to feel very kind of alone when you find yourself involved with like a different case where everyone else involved is, you know, a man and you're the only woman. But I mean, with the, with the PTAB, the parties are usually small. So being one out of, you know, six is not as noticeable or like, it kind of there's a lot of pressure maybe um it's not as bad as when you're one out of 30 i remember when i was doing litigation there was uh a case i worked on where we had i don't know like 15 other co-defendants and we have this like, meeting every couple weeks with everyone i think i was the only woman on the call every week and it definitely felt a little bit you know, like I felt a lot of pressure and Hello. very <laughs> noticed. <laughs> well, um, do you enjoy being in the PTAP practice? I do like the PTAP practice a lot. Um, I think it's great because I think it you really get to focus on kind of the substance um, and there's not as much um, just kind of like Litigation more, tactics. Yeah, litigation tactics involved and like the combativeness is taken down a step a little and I think that you could just really get to focus on the the arguments and the merits of the case, which is really nice. Perfect. Do you have any recommendation on how to make the space more welcoming for women practitioners? And how about discussing your experience as a leader? how that helped you in your career um, in the PTAP space or in general? Um, so, I mean, I definitely think the LEAP program with the uh, PTAP, USPTO, is, is a really great program for not only women, but just for beginner attorneys in general. Um, I guess I'm not... It's hard to say because at least with the PTAP, I think so much of that would have to start earlier because you need the like the more niche technical background to even to you know take the patent bar exam. So I think a lot of it would you know obviously just have to start earlier so that women are qualified to take the exam. Um, but that being said, you know, I feel like the LEAP program is great because um, I've used it once so far. And um, it really helped to give me kind of like peace of mind that uh, when I was doing my oral argument that, you know, there was less pressure and that there, you know, I had some like help in case something like I messed something up or something went wrong. Um, so I think it was a really, I think it's a good program. Um, and I'm not sure. You feel like you will be not mentored during the yeah, um, I think I guess more mentorship would be nice. I had I had the benefit of uh, my 
the firm that I worked at before Unified, we had actually quite a few female partners. Um, so I think that was beneficial to me to not only work with other women, but to, uh, I also got to kind of compare and contrast the different styles. Um, and I definitely think, felt like I saw um, some differences that came about just because different partners were, were women versus men. But um, so I think having kind of like role models is also really helpful. Even if you have the skills that are like mini litigation, so with that, it comes with stress. How do you balance your stress being a patent attorney and the very top value that I see in front of camera? One of my favorite stress relievers is um, just like exercise. Um, my ideal type of exercise stress relief is usually getting out into nature. I live in Colorado and there's a lot of opportunity for that. So I love hiking and uh, in the winter snowboarding. Um, I actually got really into split boarding where you go into the backcountry with your snowboard and I, I like to climb mountains and then snowboard down them. Um, but you know, there, you can't always find the time for something like that. That's kind of sometimes it's too big of an adventure for a stressful time. So even just workout classes have been helpful to me for just like an hour or, uh, I like rock climbing. So I joined a rock climbing gym and, um, but sometimes I'll even just read books for fun or things like that. If, uh, the timing is off if things are getting really stressful. But so those are kind of my stress relievers. So I understand that you did not only do snowboarding in the States, you even went to Mont Blanc. Can you tell us a little bit about that particular experience? Because I've actually gone to Mont Blanc before. I think that was when we were talking before and I was telling you that there, there's this hole that you go and if you are not careful, you basically just plunge down. <laughs> so just thinking about that and when you are like actually with the snowboard, I've seen people snowboarding there. Maybe I actually seen you there and you by realizing it. I don't know. But tell us a little bit about that because it's really intriguing. Oh, sure. So um, I think in 2018, a friend and I um, decided that I, that we wanted to go ski down Mount Blanc. I had just finished climbing all of the 14ers in Colorado, which was, uh, those are like all the mountains that are over 14,000 feet here. Uh, and so I was feeling pretty motivated after that accomplishment. Uh, there's 58 here. Um, so I wanted to take it the next step. And we took some classes on crevasse rescue, uh, which would be the hole you're talking about. If you fall into the hole, uh, you need to learn how to retrieve the other person around it. And uh, we also ended up hiring a guide um, just partly, I think, because it was another country and it was just a little easier logistically. And we climb, we took the Aguidu Midi, which is a gondola, a pathway, and then we, uh, skinned, which is kind of using skis to go uphill, uh, to this hut where we stayed for the night. Um, and they have like a chef there who cooks 
I mean, I don't know if it's a chef, but they cook everyone dinner. And then the next day we climbed to the summit and we skied back down or we snowboarded the skis and with a split board, the skis will turn into a snowboard. Uh, you can hook them together and make them into a snowboard. Um, and it was a really fun experience. Um, definitely a little intense because there were, you know, dangers around. There's some rocks that could fall or crevasses that you could snowboard into. But do you, that, do you think that your mountain climbing experience and snowboarding experience helped increase your self confidence and in turn also make you a more confident attorney? I do. I have thought about that a lot, actually. And I do think um, getting involved in that, especially in some of the more technical mountain ascents, um, you know, gave me a lot of self-reliance. You have to be prepared, especially if you are going unguided, which I I did a couple of years after that. I did Mount Rainier um, unguided with some friends. And you have to be prepared to really think on your feet as to how to get yourself out of any situation. Um, you know, maybe you get to an area that's too icy and you can't snowboard down it. So you have to know how to set up a rappel to avoid the icy section. So it, it gave me some like confidence and self-reliance there and just learning those skills um, that I think has transferred to a lot of areas of my life. Um, and certainly just the accomplishment in general is, is a great feeling. That's really amazing. And one of the person that I actually got to know um, during the pandemic is Jane Channel, the Canadian uh, skeleton athlete. She's doing her winter training right now. And um, I was like, what made you decide to throw down that skeleton? And she said, that's completely crazy that I really... I have no idea how people can do this, but I have the highest respect for people that can actually, you know, because that takes, like you said, a lot of self-reliance. No one else can actually get you out of that. And you have to, like, knowing the tactics and really assess the situation so that you are not, while having fun, I don't know that I would consider that fun, but good for you. (laughs) And... It's just really impressive. And I don't know that I know that many women snowboarders. So now I do know one. <laughs> so I'm glad that you shared that part with us. Now, let's talk about what are some of the key lessons that you learn that you would like to share with our audience? Sure. Um, so... Uh, at the risk of sounding cliche, you know, I think one key lesson is learning to have a good work-life balance. Um, you know, sometimes, like, it, it certainly is important to take some, a step away from work and focus on other things that you might be interested or passionate in, and it can help you, you know, step back into work with um, more focus. And at the same time, I think it means accepting that sometimes your other passions and interests might need to uh, take a backseat to work if there's something important going on at a time and just kind of accepting that 
there are going to be trade-offs and compromises um, there. And, um, you know, I think, I think probably another lesson learned would be um, just to surround yourself with uh, people who support you, um, people who uh, will back your ideas and, um, you know, a good support group and community, I think, can, can really help, whether it's in your career or in your, um, you know, I have a good group, community for doing backcountry skiing um, and climbing, like all of those things are, are better when you have a good community of people supporting you. So that's fun. Everybody got Having a community is definitely important. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to chat with us today. And uh, we really appreciate that. And we wish you a lot of success in snowboarding, send us pictures. And um, once again, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your experience with us. Have a great day. Thanks.